1: Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profile Projections. Today, we're going to cover Alec Ogletree and Wayne Gallman. But first, my name is Bobby, Bobby Skinner. I'm coming to you here from Florida, lifelong Giants fan. Here with my friend, co-host Danny King, coming to you from New York. Danny, how you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you
1: doing? Good. I, I bought myself a... You know, one of the kids at church yesterday... He had this rope, like this rope, remote control car, but it wasn't even like a car. It had like these big wheels on the side and you could do flips with it. And so I went and bought one of those today. I've um, been playing with that, banging it up against my roommate's door. Um, unfortunately, my dog is like, she will like go side by side to a lawnmower and try and bite the lawnmower while I'm mowing the lawn. Huh. But a remote control car or balloon scare her half to death. So it kind of makes playing with it not as fun, but it's been fun having it. I'm learning all kinds of new things. But anyways, we're here to talk about the Giants. We got two guys. Like I said, Alec Ogletree, Wayne Gallman. And two important guys to this team. Alec Ogletree is the leader of the defense, and we'll get into him first. And also Wayne Gallman, who, you know, we uh, who is expected to be the number two back. But let's start with Alec Ogletree. He's 27 years old, entering his seventh season, 6'2, 235. I mean, we acquired him last year in a trade uh, with the Rams. And he was automatically a team captain. And Alec Ogletree is a weird case with fans because a lot of people just re- dislike Ogletree. They think he sucks. Um, and then there's the people who think he's great. And I think he, I think he lies somewhere in the middle where he's not he's not going to be a Pro Bowl linebacker. He's never going to be a guy that's going to average you know 13, 14 tackles a game. But I think he does his job really well. Um, obviously, there's certain situations you can't put him in but as a whole, like I'm happy with Alec Ogletree as our starting middle linebacker.
0: No, yeah. The Alec Ogletree, from what we had at middle linebacker, to be quite, I can't remember who our middle linebacker was in 2017. For some reason, I'm thinking Calvin Munson might have been our middle linebacker. And he, he, played, he played well.
1: some. Uh, Devin Kennard. So, yeah, yeah a, a bunch of guys.
0: It was a bunch of guys, and obviously injuries hampered that all. But yeah, Alec Ogletree, we traded him for him last year. We got to trade him for a seventh-round draft pick, I want to say. And I mean, I was happy with it. I mean, because one, we needed a middle linebacker was a position of need. Now, obviously, he's not the best middle linebacker in the NFL, but Al Ogletree was perfect for James Betcher's scheme, and he was perfect for the Giants' locker room, and he'll be even better this year with a bunch of younger guys entering the, the locker room. We need a younger guy, to uh, older guy or a veteran to be in the presence of these guys, and he's the guy you need.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like you just said, he's a leader on this team. He came in and became a captain right away. And, you know, I've had the pleasure to interview a few of the Giants, and they all look up to him. Uh, by the way, he was traded for a fourth and a sixth. A fourth. Okay. fourth, um, okay. But anyways, like Tay Davis, somebody who I've talked to, um, who very well might be the other starting middle linebacker on this team. He mentioned Alec Tree, He's the leader of that team. I look up to him. He teaches me everything. Shane Smith, the fullback who was cut in week three last year. He, I remember clips coming out of practice where Shane Smith – in the practice is going up to Alec Ogletree and being like, hey, if I come at you this way, are you going to always go inside or are you going to go over the top? Like, like what what goes in with that? And he's teaching up the fullback. And like I said, for someone to come in to a team and be captain right away, like that is pretty impressive. And, you know, we'll talk about his numbers and his play. But as far as like a guy on this team, he's someone you can look up to. He does things the right way. And like he's just – he's a very – he's a reliable guy in the locker room and on the field.
0: No, yeah, Alec Ogletree is someone you can rely on. Obviously, he had that one tar, horrible play last year when he got trucked by Mariota, but that resulted in a concussion, which basically ended his season. But, Alec, yes, he is someone you could trust out on the field. He had five interceptions last year, two of them in return for a touchdown. So the guy has hands. And uh, last season, he had 93 tackles, six for a loss, and one sack. So he's a, he's a threat out there on the field for the Giants, and teams have the game plan for Alec Ogletree. And so, with year two coming up in your system, he'll be even more confident, and know the schemes by heart now. So I'm excited to see what comes out of it.
1: Yeah, and so, like you said, last year he had 93 tackles, 58 solo, six tackles for a loss, five interceptions, and a sack. And like you said, two of those interceptions ended up going back for touchdowns. So I crunched the numbers of what was if they had projected to be if he played um, if he played uh, if he played all all 16 games. It would have been 114 tackles, 71 solo, seven and a half tackles for loss, and another interception. Now, interceptions, they don't project like tackles, tackles do. But nonetheless, like that's a really good. And that's, he's been like that throughout his whole career. He had a season with the Rams where he had 140-plus 100, uh, tackles. I mean, and the crazy thing is, is you look, think of him as an old guy because he's going into his seventh year. But he's only 27 years old. He'll turn 28 during the season. But he's still really young, and with his contract, we have him up until his thirty. So we have him for his prime as long as, you know, he's not plagued by injuries.
0: No, yeah, that's another thing. As you said, the, he's not old. The tw- 27, going to be 28 when the, during the season. So I'll take that over what many teams have a middle linebacker. Some guys got aging guys at middle linebacker. So just him, yeah, he's still in his prime. Obviously, we're not sure what type of drop-off, if any, he will have this season, but the Giants got him at the perfect time. He's, in, he's very mature now for his uh, to be a middle linebacker. So it's just exciting to see where he's going to go from here.
1: Yeah, and he does a lot of things that don't show up uh, in the stats, but they do show up on film. I mean, when he's lined up on the line of scrimmage, because the Giants did fairly amount, they pit him on the edge, the teams would always run the opposite way. And if I'm a Tay Davis or a B.J. Goodson and I you know, pick that up in film, I'm ready to flow with anything that goes that way. And he's really smart. Um, when teams run play action, he rarely falls for it. I remember there was a, a throw against the, the Redskins in week 14 where they ran a play action, and almost every middle linebacker flows with that running back, almost every single time. Yet yeah, he, he bounced back and then went to the, to the weak side of the play, and the, the pass gets tipped at the, at the line of scrimmage by B.J. Hill. But if that doesn't get tipped, it's right in Alec Ogletree's hands, and there's another interception on the resume. So there's just a bunch of things he does that don't show up on film. He fills gaps pretty perfectly. I went back and watched the whole New Orleans game. I'm like, okay, let's, let's see how he was against the best off, like, the best offense that we You know, And Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, he played really well. He always played his responsibility. Uh, Alvin Kamara's big plays were when they were ran from to the opposite side of Ogletree. Uh, the only pass he allowed was on like a third and 18 that went for like eight yards, but they were just letting anything come underneath them. I um, know it's to the tight end where Ogletree and Landon Collins both tackled him. Um, and like you said, man, he made plays. Like, yeah, some of his inter- – I think two of interceptions were tipped. But nonetheless, like, you have to be going and ready to go. Like, you know, how, how many times do we see a ball gets tipped and it just falls right in front of a defender because he's not ready for it to be tipped? So he's just a really cerebral player. And, like, he's just he's just always ready. And, like, that's why he's trustworthy because he kind of – does everything right. Now, his weakness is, like, you don't want to put him in man coverage against a fast tight end because he's going to get burned. Like, that's that's known. But it's on the job of James Betcher to not put him in situations like that.
0: But that's where also Tay Davis factors into this because they can easily slot Tay Davis in against that tight end. Like, I'm trying to think of fast tight ends all the time I had that were playing this year, but I'll just use George Kittle as an example. Tay Davis can easily cover George Kittle. George Kittle is a fast guy. But he can hang with him. Al Ogletree can't. I have the schedule pulled up here. I'm looking at it. Zach Ertz, I mean, he's kind of fast, but not decently fast. O.J. Howard. So th- there's guys that the Giants have to worry about, and that's why if Tate Davis wins that s- job next to Ogletree, you could easily put Tate Davis in that role to cover the tight ends because, as you said, that's Ogletree's biggest weakness.
1: Yeah, and an- another thing is, He's he's not really a threat in the pass rush. Now there's been times where he got to the QB. He only had the one sack, but there was a few QB hits. But uh, I would limit his blitzing if I'm betcher. Now obviously not every blitz is meant to get to the quarterback. Sometimes you're just meant to take up an offensive lineman to let somebody else get in there. I um, mean he you know he did that, but I, I would limit his I would limit our middle linebacker blitzing in total. Honestly. Um, unless we're, you know, bringing something else with it. If you're bringing, you know, uh, maybe a, a safety off the edge or a nickel, or, or obviously when you're doing like exotic defenses. But like, just like if you're, if you're bringing one guy to tree, I wouldn't, I, I I don't like the idea of that. And I don't think they will. And they, they really didn't do it a whole lot in 2018 anyways.
0: No, yeah. He, he, his efficiency is not in the blitz. And I remember he had one, the one play that I'm sticking out to probably because I was at that game and I had a, the view of it, it was when he crushed uh, Chase Daniels into making that throw. I mean, Chase Daniels wasn't the best quarterback. Jack Rabbit was there to block, break up the pass, but he was able to get in Chase Daniels' face and maybe throw the ball, make it for the ball a little earlier than he would have liked to. So, yeah, Blitzen is not Ogletree's strong suit. He's better in the pass coverage, in my opinion. And as you said, you, you watched some tape on him, or at least in that New Orleans game, and you posted that Washington clip on your Twitter. So, yeah, passing is his. Main priority. That's what it should be for Betcher. Yeah,
1: and in like the run game, he's always there wherever the running back is. Yeah. Um, now I'm not saying he's getting the tackle every time, but he's always there. Like he doesn't give up on plays. And so do I. I, I don't expect Ogletree Ogletree to be a Pro Bowler, but I just expect him to be a really solid linebacker and, and to continue to be a leader of this team and to improve. Like we said before, he's only 27 years old. We have him on uh, locked up for the next three years, um, and if he sucks. He's a contract we could get off pretty easily. Um, you know, next year he has you know 10 million. If we cut him, we'd save six and a half. And then in 2021, uh, we can pretty much cut him with no penalty at all. So, uh, you know, he's somebody that if he does suck, we can get rid of him. Although I'm not expecting that. But I I really want him to. I want Tay Davis and Connolly to really like spend time learning from him because like that's where t- I think Tay Davis lacked in instincts. He was always kind of like a second late to things, and I think o- Tay Davis has a lot to learn from Ogletree. Um, so yeah, I, I expect I-, I expect Ogletree to have a really good year. Now he's not going to have you know five six interceptions probably again, but nonetheless, I-, I expect him to be making plays consistently.
0: No, he should be making plays consistently especially as, as i said it's year two in james betcher's system he should feel more comfortable but as you said what he's here he's here probably to make plays and all that but he's also here to help teach the guy like ryan Connolly, tay davis he would give bj goodson some tips that that's what's very beneficial about him he's a very good middle linebacker and he can play every sunday but he can also teach the younger guys something that they may not know without ogletree
1: yeah, definitely. All right, so can we close the book on Ogletree and and move to Goldman? Yes, we can. All right, let's do it. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll get on the wing, Goldman. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work, play fast, play fast. Whoa! Ah. All right. These player profile previews are brought to you by our presenting company, media company, John Boy Media. Check our website out, johnboymedia.com. We have all kinds of podcasts. We have the number one pod- Yankees podcast in the world. It hit number two in all of sports. It was part of my take, Talking Yanks. And then our Talking Baseball, where the same guys, John Boy and Jake, do a baseball podcast. That hit number four. So check all that stuff out. We have a Knicks podcast. We have all a history podcast, all kinds of stuff. So make sure you check it out. It's all at johnboymedia.com. Or you follow it on Twitter, Instagram, at Johnboymedia. And then now, the next player. Some of these guys got to get their head out of their ass around here. All right, Wayne Goldman. Gallman entering his third year, 24 years old. Six foot, 215 pounds, running back. Out of Clemson, he was drafted in the fourth round by Jerry Reese. And one of the few guys that was kept around. And... I really think he is the favorite to be the number two back. I have him as my number two back, but I I don't think that's locked in stone though because his 2018 wasn't impressive, and we'll we'll go more into depth in it. But as a whole, it wasn't impressive. But he he's probably the number one number two guy because I I just don't see much competition from the other guys in Rod Smith, Paul Perkins, and I guess you could throw John Hillman in there.
0: Well, as you said that. It is strange. Now obviously you talked about seniority during other episodes we did about OTAs and all and all that in minicamp, but Paul Perkins was getting the work ahead of Wayne Gallman. Paul Perkins worked with second team, Wayne Gallman with third, and then Ross Smith was doing whatever Ross Smith does. So I, I could totally see the possibility that Wayne Gallman is not this number two running back that could go to Paul because for some reason the Giants are for some reason a fan of Paul Perkins. That's not something I would have expected. Now, obviously, that'll be a position to watch battle during training camp, how Paul uh, Perkins and Gallman go at it, but to be quite honest, while I, I had a thought that he could be cut, I wouldn't see that happening, that'd be stupid, because Gallman, you could easily develop him into something, especially behind Saquon Barkley, you can learn some things from Saquon, but yeah, I don't see it either being a locked for the number two spot with Perkins, for some reason, coming on strong during minicamp and OTAs.
1: And the thing, and I don't expect him to cut, I really don't, but now, I, I don't have a read on what the Giants think of Rod Smith, and we'll, we'll get more of that in, in, as we go into camp. But I, really, I don't have a strong read on what the Giants think of him. So maybe they have him locked in as that number three guy, and then they're going to let Perkins and Gallman battle for the number two, if that makes any sense, and then the odd man out gets cut. So that's, that's the only way I see it, because I don't see them. I don't see Rod Smith and Paul Perkins being over Gallman. Um, I don't see Rod Smith over him in any uh, situation, to be honest. But last year he had 51 carries, 176 yards, which was three and a half yards per carry. Now that's not good at all. Um, and then I even went and okay, let's see the games where he had five plus carries. He had six games uh, of that nature, and he he it was even worse. 41 for 127, uh, 3.09 yards per carry, and uh, four catches for three yards. Now those the catches don't don't blame him for that. You could get catch him for blame him for the volume, but the yards. Like, those are where he catches it and he's tackled right away. But, nonetheless, like, I, that's not good. And I understand there's different cir- circumstances now because a lot – like, in the Redskins game, they gave him toss plays. And there was another game where they gave him toss plays. And toss plays are really boomer bust. Like, it surprises me that, that teams run toss in the NFL. It's, it's, it's very rarely successful. Now, there's times where it works out really well. But I really don't like toss plays in the NFL because everyone's so fast on defense. Um, And then when you have that small amount of carries, if you have a carry for negative four yards, it sets you back a lot more because now you have to have an eight-yard carry to balance it back to four. Um, But I just, I'm not confident in him. Now, I I am confident that he'll be the number two back, but I'm not confident in him if he were to be called on um, to have 10 carries a game. Now, I don't think we're going to see any of that because Saquon is going to carry a a boatload of carries. But I just, I, I think he runs hard but he has a hard time finding the hole. He, he stutters He stutters before the line of scrimmage, um, and then once he makes his decision, he hits it hard, but he just he has to make that decision uh, quicker. Now, that's something that experience helps with, and learning from behind Saquon can help with a whole lot, but also you, you can't, he can't learn as much as you would think behind Saquon because Saquon is just such a freak of nature that there's so many things Saquon can do that Gallman could never do.
0: No, yeah, you're right in that aspect. Saquon is a totally different beast. And while while there's Saquon could teach uh, Gallman something maybe he wouldn't see, you can't teach Gallman the, just how physically strong Saquon is. You can, his legs are ginormous. So, yeah, there's something Saquon has that Gallman will probably never be able to have. But uh, as you said, uh, I, we, that's where we differ. I could totally see him being the number three running back because, as you said, we can't get a read on what they think of Paul Perkins, but for some reason, Paul Perkins is still on this team, so they must be something in him if they didn't. I mean, yeah, you got deaf at running back, but still, Paul Perkins isn't the most eye-popping name to have on your roster. So, yeah, as, as you said, I wouldn't want him carrying the ball 10 times a game. That's not something where I feel confident in now. Obviously, this is the Saquon world, so we don't got to worry about that. But in 2017, that was something we did have to worry about because Paul Perkins got injured, and they had to give Gallman more snaps and all that. So... I had faith in Gallman for 2017, but if it was 2018, as you said, it was a very down year for Gallman. He didn't really stick out in much. He had his first Russian touchdown, I believe, in 2018, so that was a good moment for him. But as you said, Wayne Gallman, he can improve, but like time is running out on him because the Giants need to see something now just to believe that he can be a quality number
1: two backup. Yeah, and I let's let's talk about 2017. Uh, 2017 was good. He had 111 carries for 476 yards and 4.3 yards per carry. That's really good, and he was called on a decent amount. Um, that's a, that's a, that equals out to about like um, I think it's eight carries a game. In fact, I'm going to do the math right in my head right now. Um, it is seven yards per carry. So yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, and then like compare that to you know the games where he had five plus carries in 2018. That's a huge improvement over a yard, and he had 34 catches, which. Was surprising to me when I actually went and looked at that, and he had a, a catch per target rate which was 71%, which is really good. That's that's like top of the team. Um, so 2017 was really good, and that is what holds promise. But also, like remember Paul Perkins had similar numbers, you know, uh, in, in his time when he got to carry the ball. Um, but yeah, I was surprised that the Giants did not draft a running back in the sixth round when they drafted Corey Ballantyne, because you had already drafted uh, Julian Love, you had drafted DeAndre Baker, you had Sam Beal, who's essentially a rookie, and you're holding on to Janoris Jenkins. So it was weird to me that they went for Ballantyne. I wanted Travis Homer, the running back out of Miami. Now, I have a Miami bias, but I just – I thought he's a pretty good, solid running back, and I think we'll see him playing on Sundays, um, which isn't a stretch for you know a six-round running back. But, yeah, it's just – the running back room is weird, because I guess they're just really all in on Saquon, which – that's not a hot take at all, but you would think that they would want to spell him more often. Now I get that you want like take one has to be a workhorse for the team to win, but I, I don't know. It's just it's weird to me that they uh, they didn't really go anybody get anybody else. Um, they cut Rob Martin, who was a guy had a lot I thought had a lot of promise. Um, so yeah, Gallman I, I don't I don't know what to expect out of him this year. Um, he had like a huge mistake against New Orleans. I, I don't think I, if you remember that game we were up seven six at the time. And then he fumbled the ball on a catch, which, you know, the Saints turned into a field goal and went up 9-7. And then, you know, we all know the, the end of that game. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to know what to expect out of him. But I, I'd say I'm pretty confident that he'll be the number two back. Although I don't view this as like he's going into camp, you're the number two back, that's your spot. But I, I'm confident that he'll win that. But I, I just don't think it's a lock at all.
0: I was a fan of Wayne Gallman when we, when we drafted him. I, I, I felt like he was a perfect fit for the team at the time. Obviously, I, that 2017 at this point, I really wasn't big in the watch of college football. I watched the big games on ESPN, but I really didn't know much of a Saquon Barkley along those lines. So last last season, preseason, it really wasn't – Wayne Gallman was nowhere going to be the first running back. That was Saquon's spot basically the moment he was drafted by the Giants. Wayne Gallman stood no chance. So this preseason, it's, it's going to be huge for Wayne Gallman, with Paul Perkins breathing down his neck. And you can even put Ross Smith in there because uh, he's there, so got to be fair to him. So what? The first preseason game is in two, three weeks. Three weeks, two weeks from uh, this Thursday coming Less up. Less than
1: that. Mem- remember, it, we're doing this early. Yes, I forgot. <laughs>
0: you told you told me about that, and I, I did that time thing. <laughs> I can't believe I did that. But you, you get my point. is coming up whenever we this comes out. So he needs to show Pat Shermer and Mike Shula that he is a capable number two running back. Because Paul Perkins, I, I, I'm I hearing this home, he's there for a reason. I haven't seen We haven't seen Paul Perkins since 2017. He had a pectoral injury that cuts him out basically all of 2018. So now he's finally back, and he's going to be able to prove what he can do on the field now with his pectoral injury hopefully being behind him. So Wayne Gallman, it's a big year for him in this aspect like that he could easily be the number three running back behind Paul Perkins, and you don't want to be number three running back you still want to get touches on the field and number two with Saquon they got to give Saquon breaks and so that will be the number two whoever's the number two running back is going to have a big responsibility because this offense is going to run heavily through Saquon and he's going to need to take some breaks get some water in him so number two running backs would be a huge position on this team even though you're not going to be excited to see Saquon on the side number two running backs probably going to be a very important position to this team
1: yeah it's, it's crazy you know coming out of Clemson, you know, he had 3,400 career rushing yards, 34 touchdowns, you know, over five yards per carry, which aren't the greatest numbers for college. They're, those are, they're very solid, though. Um, and he was drafted, I know this was Jerry Reese, obviously, but when you draft a running back in the fourth round, you expect him to be your starter eventually. And the Giants, I, you know, I don't blame them after 2017 season. I mean, think about it, if we draft a quarterback instead of Saquon. Now, they probably knew what they were doing, you know, a lot further out than than, you know, a month before the draft or before free agency, they probably already knew that they're going to go Saquon. But if it's if we don't draft Saquon, Wayne Gallman is our starter last year because we know Jonathan Stewart would have been demoted pretty quickly. We saw how disastrous Jonathan Stewart was for us last year. So I don't know, like, if, if he does really well this year, I could see a team taking like, like signing him or, or trading for him eventually to be like uh, the guy that splits time with him. If he can average, you know, 4.4, 4.5 yards per carry. And when you have a guy like Saquon and with all these weapons around uh, the quarterback position, um, I, I, we need our backup running back to average over 4 yards per carry. We can't have what we had last year where he was averaging 3.5. I'm
0: going to be completely honest with you. I completely forgot John Stewart on his team until you mentioned his name. But as you said, Wayne Gallman, if he could prove this year that he could be a quality number two running back, when he hits free agency, he'll and he holds that up for the next two years. He'll he'll easily get paid, probably not as high as a number one running back, but he'll get paid decently well. So, while he may, we don't know what his future entails on this team right now. We got to see through preseason, the regular season. He still needs to show that. Even though he's behind Saquon, he could contribute to this team because in 2017, at, at yeah, as you said, he did get some passes. He was very big in the passing game in 2017. He had some passes in 2018, nothing spectacular. He, I, I don't, I don't think we mentioned the stats. If we did, I'm repeating myself, but he had 14 catches for 282 yards. So he was still a factor in the catching game. Obviously, Saquon was in there more times than not. So, uh, yeah, I just. I have so much hope for Wayne Gallman. I like him personally as a player. He seems like a, a great guy. So I, I just hope that he can contribute to this team this year.
1: Yeah. So Gallman has two, you know, this year, next year left on contract. Like you said, it's a big year for him. I, I think we can close the book on this episode, though. Danny, it's been real. We've, we've really, I hope you get people, everyone's enjoying these player profile previews. Um, they've been a lot of fun to do. I love just going back and learning about these guys. So it's, it's fun. And we continue to do them. Having, like I said, episodes every single weekday up until Dallas week one. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy them. If you do enjoy them, subscribe, rate and review would be really appreciated. Um, you know, we put a lot, a lot of work to this. Does reviews matter. They really do. When people search giants podcast, they look at the reviews. Now our, our reviews are all great. We're at, you know, We had, they're almost all five stars except for one four star. And I only, I think the four star means like, Hey, get better equipment guys, but you're really good. Um, but yeah, the numbers matter. So we appreciate it. Um, hope you guys enjoy these and until next time, let's go big blue.